Welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. I'm Steve Buchanan, along with my co-host, Julian Edlow, as we are looking towards the NFL Divisional Round. The Super Wild Card Weekend was real super if you like blowups. That was definitely the name of the game over the weekend, but we had a couple of close games, and we're going to talk about some of those close games because they might be involved in our Cash It or Trash It segment. We'll get to that in just a second, but we have a jam-packed show as usual. Johnny Avello will be coming on for Odds R, and then we have a very special guest after that. Julian, why don't you let everybody know who's coming on after that? Well, if you're somebody that watches the show ESPN Daily Wager, uh, you've probably seen Anita Marks on the show, and she's going to be joining us to uh, break down NFL Divisional Weekend. Um, so we'll have that going on. First, Steve and I are going to cash some some tickets before we get to our two guests. If you want to call Johnny a guest, he's a DK Sportsbook guy, so he's he's us. But cash it, trash it. Uh, I'll start with tra- uh, with cash. I know it's going to be one for both of us, so I'll let you. I'll probably let you have the Rams, right? Or was there something else that you... Okay, I'll let you have the Rams. The Rams were my my biggest bet of the weekend, and I cashed it. But Steve can go into why, and he'll probably use his time to more talk down to uh, to Jeff Ulrich, who liked the Cardinals in that game. Um, cash it, I will go... What was my uh, What was my other win? Cash it will go to the Sunday teaser. Um, yes. I did tease the once the Bucks went from the nine and a half down to seven. I was like, all right, give me the Bucks to win the game and give me the Chiefs down to six and a half, six, whatever you get it at under the, under the touchdown. Um, didn't need any of the points, blowouts, uh, but it was nice to have them. So yeah, cat cash the teaser on Bucks and uh, Chiefs for me, and obviously the Ram the Rams were my my biggest play of the weekend, and I think Steve's and that came through uh, beautifully on Monday night. Yeah, and you know it's funny because we've talked about this numerous times. We even brought this up with Johnny that like there's like these sharp betters, if you want to, you know, sharp betters that always used to come in on the Eagles and bring these line down. So like, if anything, they're helping us make money because then we're betting on the other side, and that's exactly you know what happened once again because that that line was up to nine and a half at one point, and then it was like getting hammered down on Sunday or was it Sunday? One of the days, whatever super day it was, but getting hammered yes. down to like seven and a half. And it was like, what? Like, is there news that we're missing? Like nothing. It was just, they hammered that line down. Didn't even matter. The sharp headers once again, lost out on the Eagles. I am cashing the Rams. And, you know, I was joking on the sweat on Sunday saying, I'll take this up to six and a half. I wasn't getting like, I liked it all the way up to a touchdown. And it was one of the easiest ones there. Jeff Ulrich on this, on the sweat. Telling people sprinkle some on the on the Cardinals money line, you'll be fine. The only person that was fine was you know your money going to the sports book because they never had a chance. Cardinals look absolutely horrific, and I never understood why that line was as close as it was because I thought we had two drastically different teams heading into this game, and that's exactly what we saw. Like nothing that the Cardinals did, especially over the past like month or so, made me think that they got to have have a chance against the Rams. I did fall for the Cam Akers trap, though. I was like, oh, I'm taking the under on his rushing yards. That was, that was, he crushed that. The under was at one point, you could get it as high as 39 and a half. When it came to game time, it was down to 30 and a half. So anybody in that realm got absolutely crushed because he ended up with almost 60, but he was the lead back in that game. So something to, you know, note moving forward that he was the RB1 in that game, but, you know, Rams three and a half, six and a half, whatever you had um, was an easy one for the trash. It so wrong on the Patriots. So, so wrong on the Patriots. I mean, I said anything over three and a half, I'm taking the Patriots. I'll take the points. I think it's going to be a close game. It was a close 30 game and a half would have hit. Yeah, it was By a close hook. game. It was a, <laughs> on a garbage time touchdown. It was a close game at kickoff. You had that. But that was it. That was the only time it was a close game. The Bills just, they were the better team. Patriots just weren't ready for them. You know what? And and shame on us for thinking that the Patriots are going to keep this game close, especially after that game against the Dolphins. We should have known. We should have known, but we fell for it. So it it was obviously I was on the Patriots. I teased it to 10 and a half and under 50 and a half. The Bills almost hit the over on the teaser by themselves. Um, first perfect game in playoff history in the NFL. What does that mean? It means seven possessions, seven touchdowns, no field goal attempts, no, uh, punts, no turnovers, no turnovers on downs. And also a little cherry on top. This isn't part of the perfect game, but no sacks on Josh Allen. Yep. So the bills dominated the entire game. Um, 
that was trash for me. Another trash. I just couldn't get the player props right. I, Chase's yards stuck out to me, but I played him to score a touchdown. He went well over his yards, didn't score. Yep. Next day, I go Gronk receptions. He should be heavily targeted against the Eagles. He misses by the hook, but does score. I just I had the right players, I had the right idea, and the wrong bets, and that's always uh, always frustrating. But we move on. The Rams saved the week, and uh, we move towards divisional week. So anything left before we start moving to some guests? Well, just real quick, real frustrating, too, with the Bucks. They ran in the first two touchdowns. That's where your other reception normally would come for Gronk, yep. right? But them yep. running in the touchdown for the ter- first two scores was like, no, you pass more than any other team in the league. Why are you running it in? Once with uh, 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 Gio Bernard and then the other one with Keyshawn Vaughn. Running right. it in both times, super frustrating, but literally that's where your other reception was because they weren't throwing in the red zone to start the game. Um, really frustrating loss there, but did get the touchdown. Yep. All right. Well, let's go do some odds are with Johnny Avello, see where the money is going to be on uh, on divisional weekend, maybe recap the super wild card weekend a little bit. And then after that, we'll be back with our guest. Uh, you see her on ESPN Daily Wager, Anita Marks. We're going to play some Know You Better with her and then go over these games, uh, these four games on the board one by one. All right, you heard the music. You see the three box if you're watching on YouTube. That means it is the usual. Odds are with Johnny Avello, the director of DraftKings Sportsbook. Johnny, welcome in. How you doing? Very well. Thank you, guys. Uh, Another week of the NFL gone, and uh, we're getting close to the end, aren't we? Another week of the NFL going, but yeah, coming off a six-game slate into a four-game slate. That does mean that the end is near. So. Super wild card weekend in the books. Um, I saw some numbers going into that weekend trends about how well dogs have been doing historically in wild card weekend recently. So, of course, favorites go five and one straight up, five and one ATS um, with four games just straight up blowouts. Um, Bengals came down to the wire. We got a good one on Saturday and then we get a good one um, on on Sunday with Dallas at least coming back and making that a game with the Niners, uh, that being the only upset. So, you know, it felt like a pretty good week for the public, but which games wound up making uh, DK Sportsbook betters the most money and which games were the best for you behind the counter at DK? Well, we were actually cruising along pretty well, starting with on Saturday, uh, the Bills Pats game, which was such a large handle. Uh, we made we made a few bucks on that one. Bill's money showed up late after the Pats were the choice all week long. Uh, Raiders at the Bengals uh, was also bet quite heavily. We did much better on that one. Um, and we also did well with the 49ers beating the Cowboys. But it was the Bucks victory that wasn't good for us. And the Chiefs victory, that really took the rest of the starch out of us uh, as we were having a positive day and all of a sudden, uh, you know, the red number showed up. Yeah. When you're, when you're relying upon the Steelers to get back in the green, you're probably not in a good spot. So, you know, there's that, but you know, we talk about on the podcast a lot about more stakes becoming legal, obviously New York, uh, I believe Oregon is is now um, uh, a sports book state as well. Um, These games coming up, right? Yep. Yep. Washington. Yep. I thought I saw that today too. Um, but these major games have sometimes become the most bet in the history of the DraftKings Sportsbook. How was the handle on those six wildcard games? And we're first. Each our largest bet play over Sunday's games. Five of those six games had over 1 million bets each. Uh, and the Raiders-Cincy game, that just fell short of it. So uh, just seeing the amount and the size of the bets come in is just quite extraordinary. Yeah, let's go um, back. All right, so top. let's go back from the top. Sorry. That's to... what I thought. We, we lost you for like the first 30 seconds of that, Johnny. Okay. Do you want me just to go or do you, you guys want to – yeah, that's again. fine. You should be able to just go. Yeah. Okay. Is, is that, that cool, Samir? Samir? Is that good? Yeah, that's perfect. Your okay. question was fine. So, okay, okay cool. 
Uh, okay, the total of the six games bet was was off the charts. Each of those six games were our largest bet playoff games ever in the history of DK. Uh, the isolated cards at Rams always is a game that seems to get the most handle, uh, and it was the largest, but just slightly over those Sunday's games. Five of the six games overall had over 1 million bets each, and the Raiders-Cincy game just came up a little bit short of that. So uh, we're just seeing the amount of the size of the bets that are coming in is just uh, just, just quite extraordinary overall. If only Steve had bet a couple more Joe Burrow props, then we would have gotten all the games over a million bucks. Come on, Steve. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> all right. So outside of sides and totals, obviously, you just mentioned this leads us in perfectly. Your answer that over a million bucks and five or a million bets in five of the six games. Um, what were some of the other most bet markets outside of sides and totals for wild card weekends? Because you guys have there's all kinds of props up at DK Sports yeah. right now. There's a lot of props up there, Julian. But the, the first and any time score were notably pounded. Uh, Odell first TD score at 10 to one. James Connor anytime TD score plus a dollar thirty. Uh, Travis Kelsey anytime score he had a lay a dollar twenty. And Gronk anytime score of course Gronk you know Gronk gets a bet every single week. And how about this cash that had considerable about about a money on it was Steelers defense score the first touchdown in that game first TD score forty to one that also was bad. Wow. So uh, so the field narrows down. We have a much clearer picture of these teams and who's going to go and to win the Super Bowl. Does this attract any larger bets in the futures market over the past couple of days and some of these games have played out? Uh, Yeah, it's been a steady flow since Saturday. And I say Saturday because we kept these futures up not only before and after the games, but while the games are being played and we're making those adjustments as the games go on, you know, accordingly. Um, Chiefs have been, you know, they've seen significant action and the Rams also have. But that keeping those futures open for that long period of time, uh, that has certainly increased the pot. All right, so four games in the divisional round. Obviously, all very good teams left. Um, with so few games left, the lines tend to be even sharper. It's, you know, small slate, good teams. It, it's a tougher time of year to, to, to beat. But obviously, it's the playoffs. People are going to be, be betting these games. And just knowing what you said about last weekend, I would now be shocked if all four of these games this weekend don't go over those numbers that we saw um, in, in the wild card round. So, much less movement earlier on in the week, some, but, uh, you know, which games have moved the most so far and uh, which teams have taken the most money? Yeah, well, you're right. There's been minimal movement in any of the remaining game. And that's good news for us bookmakers because we certainly don't like moving numbers. Um, Even though the Titans game has moved uh, only a half a point, that's probably the biggest mover because – Uh, we've gotten off to three and went to three and a half. Uh, The Packers have gone from five to six over to Niners. Uh, But a good portion of that move is due to Nick Boza and the linebacker Fred Warner's availability. Uh, Not sure on either of those guys right now. Plus Jimmy G. I I think Jimmy's going to play in the game or else the line's going to really start to creep up, probably get closer to 10 if that would be the case. Uh, the Bucks, that was going to be my question. If Jim, if if it's Lance over Jimmy G, do you think it gets to to ten? Yeah, I do think it gets close wow. to. Yes, uh, the Bucks line stayed pretty steady at three over the Rams in the nightcap on Sunday. Uh, the Bills are certainly seeing some love early as uh, as the Chiefs have gone from two and a half down to one and a half. But I tell you what, I expect the Chiefs to get some of the love back. Uh, at such a short price at home. Uh, so th- that's kind of where the early money has, has fallen. They will, be getting some, they will be getting some love back from me. I just want to put that on the record. 
And you kind of already answered this already, but, uh, you know, next question was going to be if you see any of these four games move more by the time that we get to kickoff, like with that Rams-Bucks game you were just talking about, the handle on the uh, minus three for the Bucks uh, was shifted. It was a, It's basically an even split now. It was more. 58% of the handle was on the Rams. Now that's moved down to 50%. So do you see really kind of any other movers here? Um, you know, Bills and Chiefs obviously has, has moved the point since it's opened as well. Oh, yes, Steve, there'll be some movement. Let me see. Looking through my magic crystals and, of course, being clairvoyant, uh, I can see the Titans probably getting to four. Uh, Packers, six and a half. If, uh, you know, everything kind of stays intact and there's no quarterback change there. Um, Bucks certainly won't go higher than three. Uh, And the Chiefs back up to two. Two and a half, maybe by by kickoff. I would love to see the Titans get up to four because I am going to be taking Bengals minus six and a half. They're winning that game. So I'm going way over to an alternate line. Alternate. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> can I just take that one? You can put that in with me. Uh, right. uh, last one for you, Johnny. We got, you know, the, the slates are shrinking, so we don't have as much to ask you. But with football slowing down, when exactly do we see betters start to shift their focus to other sports? There's only, including this weekend, there's seven meaningful football games left. You got the two championship games and the Super Bowl after this. So is now the time of year that we start to see more handle come on NBA, on college hoops, people starting to look at those MLB futures tabs open on DK Sportsbook? Or is it really going to take the conclusion of the Super Bowl um, and going into March Madness and that type of stuff to see the spike? Uh, well, NBA and college basketball have both done extremely well so far because uh, there is no football from Tuesday to Friday. Right. Uh, but the focus soon will be on college baskets on Saturday, full slates. Uh, we also have other things coming up, the Olympics. Um, and don't forget about college lacrosse. Uh, we'll be booking a full year of that college hockey. And oh, yes professional cornhole which flops and flings off soon so we'll be adding some some new sports to the menu again this year we've had professional cornhole articles up on the DraftKings playbook I am not the guy that writes or edits them so I know I know nothing here but I know that the articles are there if you're looking for analysis (laughs) Steve writes them right Steve Steve Uh, I don't write them but I could easily play in that league I'll tell you that All right. Well, uh, if you wind up there, I will fade and take the other side on DK Sportsbook. Perfect. Um, All right. That is Odds Are with Johnny Avello. We're looking forward to uh, Divisional Weekend. And when we chat next, we will only have two NFL games to talk about. Championship weekends, trips to the Super Bowl on the line. Uh, So thanks so much for joining us here on Unreasonable Odds, Johnny. You're welcome, guys. All right. Thank you to Johnny Avello for coming on the podcast. As usual, four odds are giving us a little look behind the book. And now that we have gotten that look behind the book, let's actually break down these four games. And to do so, as we mentioned off the top of the pod, welcome in ESPN game sports gambling analyst, Anita Marks, as seen on ESPN Daily Wager. Anita, thank you for joining us on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Division round playoffs. Let's get at it. It is fun. We're getting to, uh, you know, we're getting to the the real bulk of this season. Um, not many teams left. Seven total football games left, as we mentioned earlier. Um, so before we get into the the real stuff here, though, uh, when we have a new guest on, we play Know You Better. So we are going to get to know Anita Marks better. And uh, we're going to start off with, I always tell people, this doesn't need to be, I don't want to know the most you've won on a bet. We don't want to hear numbers or anything, but just your personal favorite win of your sports betting career, whether it's longest odds or just the most you've won, anything that is just your personal favorite winner. So typically my wheelhouse is, is football, um, the NFL, but um, I, I, I do dabble in NBA and golf is my passion. I love to play golf. I love the game of golf. Uh, in the summer, I play a lot of golf. And so uh, probably in the last three years, I started handicapping golf and it's so hard to pick a winner 
in golf. Like <laughs> I, I feel you could bank on top five, top 10, top 20, even top 40. You can get some really good odds, especially if you do your due diligence and you know the metrics of the course and the players and, you know, what, what they have in their bag in regards to, you know, what they do well. There's a lot of money to be made, but for to pick a winner is really, really hard. And so when I pick a winner in golf, it's like, yes. And uh, in the 2019 Tiger Woods winning the Masters, um, that was that was who I had selected. So it wasn't necessarily the amount of coin that I put on that wager. It was just the mere fact that, you know, I went out on a limb, I said Tiger, and then I'm sure like just to see him, it's probably one of the most, for me, it was one of the most magical moments watching him win that Masters after everything he's been through. So it was kind of like, it kind of came full circles. It's probably my, my favorite, my favorite pick and my favorite play of my career. I mean, it's hard enough to pick winners when two teams are playing each other. So when you have a million people in a golf field, yeah, that makes it a lot harder. <laughs> you know, sometimes when we ask this question, people struggle to find an answer. When we ask about what is the worst loss that they can remember, the answer always comes like this. So I'm hoping you have the same. Um, I, I, I mean, I've had several bad losses. I mean, that's right. Like, like full transparency, like that's what gambling's about. Like the odds makers have to be like some of the smartest people who walk the planet. And so that's a reason why, you know, more times than not people lose. So, uh, but there, there are, I, I did, I thought about it. There were two games this year in the NFL that really upset me. And one was the Patriots overtime loss to uh, the Dallas Cowboys, which was really, do you guys remember that one? That was frustrating. I, was, I, assume, we're you were on, I assume you were on the Pats. Yes, of course. I was, as, well, as, I'm huge, as was I. I'm a, huge, I'm a huge Mac Jones fan. And the big reason why is I was like screaming from the mountaintops, like for everyone to, for him to be the first quarterback drafted. And of course we know what happened. All the teams passed up on him. He ended up in new England. It's a perfect fit for him. It's a perfect fit for a new England. Of course we saw him struggle towards the end of the season, but nonetheless, I think at the end of the day, I think Mac Jones's career might be the best out of all the guys that came out this year, but that's neither here nor there. So yes, I, I do. There's a little, you know, there, there is a little uh, emotional side to betting the Patriots this season. I was thrilled to see how well he did for a large portion of the season. Like I said, not towards the end, but nonetheless, you know, there were, there were actually, there were three games this season in the NFL that the dogs were winning with the in the last two minutes of the game. And then the game went into overtime and you still had them at plus three and a half and you still lost three games in the NFL this season. Ugh. So, uh, so the two that stand out to me is the Patriots and the Dallas Cowboys. And then of course, I'm sure you guys remember this one as well. And that's the Detroit lions and the 49ers and, and the Detroit lions putting up what with it, like 12 points in the last two minutes of the game to, to for that backdoor cover. So those two, this past season really uh, stand out to me as, is two of my biggest losses and frustration at, in such. So, but uh, I can't say that, I can't say that there's one big, um, I can't say that there's one big loss that I've experienced. There's several that have been really frustrating. That's for sure. Uh, well, God bless you because everybody has one that usually makes them blow their top. Um, and I don't know, that's, that's good. If that's good, if you don't have one that just is the one that sticks out. Um, so, you know, w when you're capping these games, when you're on air and stuff, you're giving analysis, people want to hear trends and you can get like, we can talk about any game this weekend. I can give you 10 trends, why the Bengals are going to win 10 trends, why the Titans are going to win. You can kind of make the numbers, uh, what, what you want them to be. So for example, when I'm doing, and this can be any sport, when I'm doing my NBA articles, once we get a few, you know, months of, of data into the season, I like to bet a lot of first quarters, a lot of first halves. If the number's six for a game and it's three for the half, it doesn't mean you might be getting a slow starting team against a fast starting team, get a little bit of an edge there. Is there any trend in any sport that you, you know, put some weight on and think carries any particular value? Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely in the NFL, um, I pay a lot of attention to red zone scoring. I think that's really, really important. Um, I, lo I love I love, that metric. Obviously turnovers, that's uh, one of the biggest keys when you talk to any, even when you talk to like any coach, right? Like turnover ratio, it's, it's, it's near impossible to be the team if you're turning the ball over too much. Also, I like to look at penalties. This past week, 
uh, with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Raiders, the Raiders were the most penalized team in the NFL. The Bengals were the least penalized team in the NFL. That's at least, that's good for at least 80 yards. That's good for three points. That's at least a field goal, if not a touchdown, right? So um, so those are just a few, but but I really, also I like pressure rate, you know, how, how a defense can get after a quarterback. I look at that trend. Um, and, and, you know, God bless, like, so I've been, I've been gambling for before it was legal, right? So, <laughs> um, full transparency. It's just, it's amazing to me how each and every year now that more cities, God bless New York, finally, no longer 2000 and late, but, Welcome. um, you know, I just, it's, it's the, the amount of information guys, I'm sure like I do, I do a ton of research and the amount of information that's out there now in regards to the trends that you can get, like, I'm not a brainiac. I didn't go to an Ivy league. I don't have my own algorithm. I just, I've been covering the NFL for a long time. I know a lot of coaches. I know a lot of executives. I make phone calls. I do a lot of research online and the, and, and there is a plethora of information that is out there that some, yes, you have to pay for, but some you don't. And so, you know, it's just, it's, it's amazing to me, like how, and, and, and like, I feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg, right guys? Like, 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 I don't, I don't even think the ship has left the dock yet. So it's, it's really amazing to me, the amount of information that's out there that we can find these trends and, uh, and, and, and refer to them, you know, it's, it's really, it's great. So to that end too, is there any trends that you're just like, you roll your eyes at, you want nothing to do with like, you know, how Russell Wilson plays on a Thursday when the moon is like in a half moon, like could care less about that stuff. But they're like Julian said, there's so many things that you can, you know, twist it and screw to throw a number out there. But is there anything in particular that you're like, I just want, I have nothing to do with it and just kind of just pass it off. No, give me every trend. I will uncover every rock. I want to hear every nugget. I want to hear everything about every team, about every player. My favorite bet this last week was the Patriots more punts than the Bills. The wow. Bills are the least the, the Bills are the least punting team in the NFL. They go for it on fourth down more times like the fifth most team in the NFL to go forward on fourth down. The last time they had played the Patriots, they didn't punt, punt once. So like, and you, you could have gotten that at minus 105. So like, I mean, that's such an obscure, stupid trend, like nugget, but like I won on it. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't shy away. The, the, the more, the more information, the better. That's what I say. And you can, and what's really great is you can find, like you get a trend or you get a nugget like that. And then go do your research, you know, you know, scour all the sports books and see if there's some type of bet within that nugget that you can make. And and sure enough, um, it, there it was at minus 105. <laughs> there you go. That's the first time we've gotten that answer. Everybody has a trend that they hate, like a, whatever, Thursday night numbers, Monday night numbers or whatever. But there you go. You're just soaking it all in and turn it into winners <laughs> on a punt prop. Um, so I like that answer. Um, all right. Last one before we actually get into some, some football games this weekend. And there is one answer that you're not allowed to give because everybody on the podcast, uh, gives it and we all, we all preach it anyway. And that's, you know, bet within your means, you have your bankroll, you're not, you know, betting above your means and owing money to people work within your means, but your one other tip, uh, outside of, we'll call it bankroll management to a new sports better with all these states now becoming legal, so many people getting into it. Just, and just to comment on that, and I will give you a different answer, but just to comment because, you know, I, it's really important. I host a gambling show on yep. ESPN every Friday night, and, and it's really important. I always tell people, gamble what you can afford to lose because more times than not, you're going to lose it. The way that you should look at gambling is paying for the price of enjoyment, enjoying a game more. It's like, you know, you're, you're, you're paying for, you're going to a movie. You're paying for the admission of going to a movie. Granted, some movies are more expensive than others. That's on you. It's what you want to pay, right? But like, I always tell people like that, that's really, that's really, and, and if you walk away a winner, then kudos to you. God bless. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, you're, you're in the, and, and also I like to tell people like if a handicapper is somewhere around 56, 57, 58%, that's good on the season. Like they're, like there's more handicappers. I don't think it's, it's like, especially new people that are in the business. I think they think we need to be right 100% of the time. Yep. Like, right? Like, <laughs> yes. it's like it, 
shit, that doesn't happen. Like it doesn't, like that's impossible. So I try to explain to people, like if a handicapper is somewhere around like 56, 57, 59, man, that's a good season. They're at the end of the day, they're winning money. And uh, I, so I just think that there's this, like uh, this uh, unrealistic expectation for handicappers. Um, but uh, I guess, I guess the biggest thing is like, don't, I, I hear a lot of times like, oh man, I, I lost my ass on Sunday. I've got to make up for it on Monday. Give me your best play on Monday night. Like it doesn't work like that. There's not always a best play on a Monday night. Like it's okay. So here's, here it is in a nutshell. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Like, like yes. if, you, if you lose your ass, if you lose your ass one week, like don't feel like, oh my God, I have to make it back on Monday because there might not be a great play in that Monday night game, whether it's, 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 it's a line or whether it's a prop bet, just right. You know what? Like, like lick your wounds and wait and, and wait for next week, you know? So, so that's it. it. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And, and don't, don't chase, don't chase your losses, I guess would be what I would okay. offer. That is a, that's a tale as old as time right there. Cause I can't tell you how many of my friends lose on Sunday. And then you get the text. All right. What do you got Monday night football? And I'm like, I don't know. I think it was like the uh, Washington football team, Seattle game where I was like, I don't know. I'm not betting this game. I have, I have no idea. Um, I lo love the NBA card on Wednesday. If you can like hold, maybe right, hold off. Right, here. Right. Like, so I, I love, <laughs> I love the advice. And then also another comment on there. I can't tell you how many times I've had to go on a show and give a best bet and it loses on like a three in one night and your best bet just so happens to lose. So, so, so the I, whole package. So wait, I'm curious before we start breaking down games, because that that's, we in the show daily wager, we in the show, we go around the room and everybody yep. has a best bet. I don't know about you, but like, I like, I'm stressed out. I'm like, I like all my bets. I don't know which one is the best one. And then, and then, and then I picked the wrong, like, did you guys get screwed with, with Williams on uh, the other night in regard to um, McKinnon getting in? All oh snaps? yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. So, yep. Williams, Williams over 14 and a half carries was my best bet. Yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody was reporting that he was not going, let, let's be honest. He came in like, granted, I know he fumbled, but like, okay, he's supposed to be your number two. Nobody in Kansas City was reporting that he was going to get limited play. Like, yeah, we heard going in to the week that like he was limited at practice, but like he's been limited in practice before. Right. Like I, I don't, I got, so Williams was my best bet. I got totally screwed. I was so upset. I was texting beat reporters in Kansas city, asking them like, what explained to me? Did you know this was going to, like, at least I want to know, did, did people know? And I missed it. Like I wanted to know, but anyway. Well, even, even Cam Akers on with, with the Rams. His rush prop was at 39 and a half. It got bet down to 30 and a half. And he smashed that because he was by far the top running back option on the Ram for the Rams in that game. And moving forward, and we just talked about this earlier in the show. Now that's something you need to know now moving forward. Sony Michelle is the one B now. Cam Akers has taken that one A role and he ran with it literally in that game. He went almost for 60 yards. People got crushed on that. Yeah. It's never fun when you you know there's an injury situation or whatever and you seem to follow the reporting correctly that like steers you to this prop and then it's just completely wrong so we can yep. add that to the bad beats section if we want to <laughs> put it there um but all right we'll put those to bed we'll get to the divisional round four games um starts off on saturday already seen a little bit of movement on the saturday afternoon game Bengals at titans um, this one intrigues me because I think a lot of people are really high and rightfully so on Joe Burrow and the Bengals right now and what they've accomplished and what they're able to do. Um, and a lot of people also think that the Titans are one of the lesser one seeds that we have seen in the NFL across the last, whatever, ha handful of years. Um, but didn't get that much out of AJ Brown on the course of the season. Didn't get much out of Julio Jones. We haven't seen Derrick Henry in, you know, half the season ish. Uh, I just think it's an interesting game in terms of the perception. Like people are higher on the Bengals and lower on the Titans right now, but here are the Titans growing as home favorites. Um, as Johnny Avello told us, he thinks it'll go to four, probably will. Um, personally, I have some Titans minus three, and I am extremely interested. Let me see if DraftKings Sportsbook has this up yet. Rushing props for this game are up. You know who's not up? Derrick Henry. I think that Derrick Henry's fine. And I think that the Bengals have 
face some pretty soft rushing matchups. Um, so I'm interested in the, the home favorite that just got the bye week here. I'm interested in Derrick Henry coming back and looking healthy and putting up some, some yards. Um, Anita, what's your, you know, we don't need a best bet or anything unless you have one, but <laughs> because we know we don't want to force anyone into best bets, but um, just your, your feel for this game and anything you might be interested in betting. Yeah, so so I've done a deep dive in this game as well as the uh, 49ers uh, Bucks game. So I, I do I do have some plays and I have some prop bets here as well. Um, first and foremost, I love that you said minus three. So I'm assuming you're buying the hook like I am, and you can get that at DraftKings at minus 140. Right? Yeah, I did. I got it before it was 140, so it was. Oh, you lucky dog. Yeah, I, I think I, it was like I some don't... even some even money three and a half. So I got the minus three 120. Yeah, I just, I'm not someone, I just don't like the hook. And so, I hate, especially you know, on a key number so like, like that in a I big like, playoff game. I like, the, I like the Tennessee side. So, you know what? I'm going to spend a little extra coin and I'm going to buy the hook down. I, I just don't like the hook. You never know. It's the NFL, right? Any given Sunday, we all saw the movie. Um, yes. So, I, I'm, so that's, the, so I'm going to play Tennessee minus three. I'm also going to play the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs on a money line parlay. And you get that at plus 170. So, that's how I'm playing this. A few things. Tennessee comes into this matchup rested, ready to go. They have the best record against above 500 teams. They're eight and three. As we know, the Bengals hit, hit the road and they've got a lot of question marks in regard to their defense. They've got four defensive starters with some big question marks coming in. We're hearing good things about Trey Hendricks, but, um, but you know, there's a number, a number of guys uh, that you need to keep an eye on. Offensively for the Titans, this is the healthiest they've been. This is interesting stout I came across. There's only been 120 snaps this season with Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones on the field together. And when they are, they average seven yards per play. Marinating wow. that for a minute. Seven yards wow. per play with all three of those dudes on the field. The Bengals, yeah. their last five games are giving up over five, 5.5 yards per carry. And I know we're, you know, it's, it's all about Derrick Henry, but keep in mind, you know, you, you've got some talent back there in the backfield, um, you know, and, and they have stepped up in Henry's absence. Yeah. So you, you've got a lot of depth back there. Meanwhile, this is the Tennessee Titans defense. This is to be the best defense that Joe Burrow will have faced. The interesting thing about their defense is that they can get to the quarterback. They pressure the, the, the passer with only blitzing 20% of the time. So they have a lot of guys. And that is, I call it the elixir in the NFL when you can pressure a quarterback and you don't have to send an extra guy. And, and they're able to do that. They only, again, they only blitz 20% of the time. So I like Tennessee here, but again, I just, I'm not someone who likes the, the hook. So I'm going to buy the hook down at minus 140. And that's, that's the line that you guys have on DraftKings. And then again, yeah. I'm going to play them as a uh, Kansas city and the Tennessee Titans as a money line parlay. Some of the prop bets that I like there, I think Joe Burrow is going to have to pass the ball because Tennessee is one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL. So I like Joe Burrow over passing attempts. That number hasn't hit the board yet. I like over eight and a half rushing yards for him. Also, Joe Mixon has been a big part of the passing game as of late. So I like mm -hmm. Joe Mixon over receptions. That line hasn't hit yet. And Tyler Boyd, I like over yards for him. Tennessee is one of the worst defenses against slot wide receivers. They've allowed 15 touchdowns in their last game. They allowed Danny Amendola to go seven for 113 and two touchdowns. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Tyler Tyler Boyd is the wide receiver that I'm eyeing. And Boyd, Boyd is up on DraftKings at 46 and a half receiving yards I'm, I'm all over it i jump on that right now with the over there we go um all right i love your real quick before steve tells us why he likes the Bengals in this game um <laughs> i i love your this is a dumb this is a bad comparison this isn't quite but i love your number with all three of those guys on the field for brown julio and henry it's like the nets have no they've had no harden Kyrie, and durant together like there's no number for it and i said three better players overall, you know, speaking for the Nets, but the small sample size we do have when Tennessee is at full strength on offense is very good. So, so I'm on the, Steve, let's hear it. Steve, I'm Steve, on you're, you're with the Bengals. Oh yeah. I'm on the complete opposite planet when it comes okay. to this game. Absolutely love the Bengals. And there's a couple reasons why the Bengals, when they are home, excuse me, when they are away underdogs this season, four in one against the spread, covering by an average of 11.1 points. This has been a spot that they have smashed all season long. And then I'm so happy you brought up the Tennessee Titans blitzing. One of the best quarterbacks against the blitz this season has been Joe Burrow. 
second most passing yards in that scenario, the highest yards per pass attempt in that scenario at 10.8. Burrow has been, I don't want to say unaffected by the blitz, but he's done well when he's being blitzed. And quite frankly, I think this secondary is beatable. It's extremely beatable. And Joe Burrow has been on a different planet over the past month or so. We've seen some of these huge games he's had, and he has so many options that he can beat the Titans with, whether he's throwing a chase, whether he's throwing a Boyd. Even Uzama was having a huge game last week. You know, somebody was picking up a lot of yards. This is someone who's been targeted a lot, but wasn't getting a lot um, once he was catching the ball. He was a big factor last week as well. I think there's a lot to like about the Bengals in this game. And I, I was joking about this before that I like taking an alternate line for the Bengals. I like taking them up to minus six and a half. I think they're going to beat the Titans by more than a touchdown in this one. Big number you Whoa! can get there. Plus 185. Oh, yeah. I'm going way off the board. I'm going way off the board. You got to be bold here. All right. Sometimes you got to be bold. But you got plus 185 on there. So that, that's just, I, I, again, I, uh, the Bengals might be personal preference here. The Bengals have made me more money than any other team in the NFL. So maybe I'm just stuck in this little, you know, contraption or whatever. But I love the Bengals this, uh, this week. I think they're going to beat the Titans by more than a touchdown. So way off the board, but that's just me. That's just me. All right. We're going to – that's plenty on that game. So we're just going to agree to disagree <laughs> and move to Saturday night where the 49ers are the, uh, the biggest dogs of the weekend in Green Bay. And I love what the 49ers have been doing. They came into the postseason – pretty healthy, which was huge. I, I loved what they did against Dallas. They get a huge win for the franchise, but now you're going Saturday night to Green Bay where we're looking at single digits, maybe some wintry mix, some wind, who knows. And what happens in that game? You have your already dinged up quarterback get more dinged up and maybe your two most important defensive pieces get dinged up. Like I'm going to assume in a game like this that all of them are going to be on the field, but are they going to be themselves when something starts getting sore? It probably feels a lot more sore in minus whatever in Green Bay while you're getting snowed on. So, like, originally I was like, oh, big dogs, maybe I'll go with the Niners, fade the Packers. They, Rodgers can crumble in the playoffs. No, I, I, I did. I bet this at Packers minus five and a half. We love getting through those key numbers of six. Minus five and a half at minus 115 I put in earlier in the week. Um I just think the Packers are going to going to be ready for this game. Going to be a little too much. Um, I, I tried to, and I, I feel like I'm being fair because I tried to talk myself into the Niners and I, I just ultimately couldn't get there. Um, Anita, the Saturday night game in green Bay. You got a feel for this one. I do. And I'm on the polar opposite side of you. Oh, okay. I like in, it. In this one. Um, so I'm going to play the 49ers plus six. I'm going to use them as a two team, six point teaser. I'll tease them up to plus 12 and I'll line it with the Rams at plus nine. Um, here are some stats for you. Jimmy Garoppolo, 13 and five straight up as a dog. Best record of any quarterback in the Super Bowl era. Marinating that for a minute. Everybody underestimates Jimmy Garoppolo. He's been what? unbelievable the last few weeks. Kyle Shanahan, nine and four outright as a dog in the postseason. And oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, 0 and three against the 49ers in the postseason in his career. Shanahan's won that many games as a, wow. Not, you said Shanahan, nine and four. Nine and four. And, four nine and four. and that includes, I'm sure, that includes, I'm sure, you know, Atlanta. Atlanta I would imagine right. he was, when he was an OC. So right. weather conditions, yes, are supposed to be horrible. You're absolutely right. It's supposed to be zero kickoff, wind chilled down to like minus teens wind gusts up to 30, 40 miles an hour. Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, is from Illinois. So he grew up in this weather, just FYI. But the key is Debo Samuel. And against the Packers rushing defense that ranks 30th in yards per rush allowed. And I just think the way that Kyle Shanahan has kind of, he kind of has stumbled upon this unbelievable way of utilizing Debo Samuel. I called and I spoke to a lot of scouts around the NFL because I was curious, like when they were scouting Debo Samuel, you know, like, what did they see in him? Is, is this, is this something that they equated in, 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 and how they scouted him and what they brought back to the general managers. And, you know, a lot of them did see this, you know, he's a glorified running back, but in the wide receiver position and Kyle Shanahan has really tapped into something really special and really unique. And I think because of the weather conditions, that's what it's going to come down to. And, you know, another thing is this team is bought in. Greg Kittle, you can argue, is top three tight end in the NFL, and all he's been doing is blocking. That's and, and like, but he's not complaining about it. This team is bought in to the to the the offensive style that Kyle Shanahan has created, and it's all centers around Debo Samuel. And I think the weather conditions are going to warrant that. 
you run the football, you eat up time of possession, you keep Aaron Rodgers off the football field. Granted, like you said, Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, you got to keep an eye on them. Everything that I'm hearing out of San Francisco is they're optimistic that they're going to play. But remember, I told you about red zone conversion rate, San Francisco 49ers first in red red zone conversion rate. They, they score touchdowns in the red zone at 67%. The Green Bay Packers, their defense 29th. They're allowing teams to score touchdowns in the red zone at 67%. So I just, like, I'm on the 49ers here. I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers pull the upset. Uh, prop bets, I'm going to keep an eye for, eye out for. Obviously, Debo, Sam, Debo Samuel over carries, especially because of the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Ayuk over receiving yards. Um, Aaron Jones under rushing yards. The 49ers, one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL. Lazard, anytime touchdown, you can get that at plus 175. Not only is he targeted in the red zone, he's targeted in the end zone, and he has a touchdown, I want to say, five of his last six games. And uh, MVS, over longest receptions. So, again, a lot of these props, these numbers haven't hit yet, but those are the ones that I'm going to be looking for to uh, to hit, hopefully, in the next in, in a few hours or, or days. So here's the only thing, the only thing that I worry about, and I want your opinion on this too, is that, so we know about all the injuries that Garoppolo is dealing with. He's got a strained shoulder. Um, something came out today that he has a, possibly a torn ligament in, uh, in his wrist. Uh, the thumb injury that we've been talking about. What if somehow he doesn't end up starting this game and you have Trey Lance? Do you like the 49ers? And, and you know what? Then God bless, God bless that DraftKings allows you to get out of your bed. Um, I'm, sure. not a big, I'm not a big Trey Lance fan. I feel that Kyle Shanahan and that organization made a huge uh, swing and miss when they gave up the entire world to draft Trey Lance, who, let's be honest, I don't even think he'll start next year. So uh, if Trey Lance is starting, game over. Um, (laughs) Game over. (laughs) Green Bay Bay wins if Trey Lance is starting. So DraftKings has that option that you can can get out of your bet. Granted, you have to give up a certain percentage, but you can get out of sure. it. Cash out button. Never, never yeah. hurts. It's always there. It's your friend if you want it. Um, <laughs> I think we're, I think we're all assuming Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be in for this game and sure. play, at least play her, which I'll say during his time here in, in New England was um, something that he was knocked for a little, not his, or his inability to play her rather. Right. Um, but you got to be out there this week. Um Steve, you have Did you want to add anything on on the pack? I know. I think you're leaning uh, Packers here as well. I will say for the props that Anita gave out, I think no matter which side of this game you like, um, if you don't like Debo attempts the way that they've oh, been yeah. using him lately, um, you're crazy. No, Debo Debo attempts for sure. Uh, I, I would lean the Packers in this one. So I was talking about the Bengals have won me more money than any, any other team. I've lost more money than any other team betting against the 49ers. So you have to take any take that I have in this game with a grain of salt because I can't get them right at all. I would lean the Packers because I just feel like that team, where they're playing, everything that's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo has the advantage in, in this one here. But I will say that my lean isn't as strong as, say, the Bengals one, where, you know, I'm looking to take an alternate line that's, you know, 12 points difference from where we where it is now. But um, I would side with the Packers in this one. I love that you brought up a teaser because we are a teasing podcast. We absolutely love to do teasers. You can tease the uh, 49ers up. You could also just tease the Packers down basically just to win the game. So that's something you could also take a look at as well if you do like the Packers to win this one. But uh, my lean is definitely not as strong in this one because the 49ers just hate me. All right, on to the <laughs> Sunday games um, where, I mean, Anita, you showed your hand a little bit here with a teaser that goes into the Rams game, a parlay that goes into the Chiefs game. Um, Bucks rams Pro- uh, I'm probably the least confident here but i did play some tampa minus two and a half um when it was out there i'm very worried about the offensive line especially with christian Wirfs down um never good to have your offensive line dinged up when you're about to go up against aaron donald in a playoff game that could be a problem um however i also think i'm, I'm so down on the cardinals that i think they made the rams look good look better than they are on monday night Kind of like the Patriots were so awful, I think they made the Bills look better than they are on Saturday night. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's my Brady goggles that I have on, but I, I think that the Bucks get through here. 
probably my my weakest take of of the the slate, but I I, I lean to the Bucks. Um, Anita, you're teasing the Rams up to nine, which I, I can't argue with that at all. But are, are you siding with the Rams uh, on their own at all in this game? What do you what do you you have those uh, avocado ice cream shades? Is it, I don't is it, no, I don't do any of the uh, avocado ice cream or any of the uh, like fifty dollar um, bags of nuts on the TV twelve site. Uh, <laughs> none of none of those. No no eighty dollar hats. But uh, I am a Brady fan, especially so, in playoff games. <laughs> so I am on I am on the Rams here. Um, I like the Rams plus and, and again I'll buy the hook up. I'll I'll buy the Rams up to plus three and a half, and you can get that at minus one thirty five. I'm also going to play the Rams on the money line, and as I said earlier, I'm going to use them as a two team six point teaser with the 49ers. So back in week three, the Rams beat the Bucks by ten points. Okay, mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford was like otherworldly. 300 over 340 passing yards, four touchdowns, and the team did not have one turnover. I know that has not been the case as of late, but important to note, the Rams now are a better team. You were talking about Cam Akers before, Odell Beckham Jr., the way that Sean McVay is utilizing and scheming for Odell Beckham Jr. He's happier now. He's a happier player than he was here in New York or in Cleveland. On top of that, You've got, and as you guys said, you know, this Bucks, they're not as good of a team as they were in week three. And again, they still lost by 20 points. As we know, no Antonio Brown, no Chris Godwin, probably Ronald Jones isn't going to be active. I know they're hopeful that Leonard Fournette's going to be active, but guys, he's been on the shelf for quite a few weeks. And if, it, yep. if he does play, he's not 100%. And now you're telling me you've got Brady's offensive lineman Worfs and, uh, and Worf and, and Ryan Jensen, who more than likely are going to, I mean, listen, they went out there. They gave it their all against a Philadelphia Eagles team that didn't even show up to play. <laughs> I do anticipate them to suit up and play, but how good are they going to be against Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Obi Leonard Floyd? For some reason, people forget that Leonard Floyd is on that defense as well, and the dude is unbelievable. So I just I think this is a Rams team that's going to be able to get after Tom Brady. They had three sacks back in Week Three. Yep. I think they get after Tom Brady, and we all know that's how you beat him whether he's with the Bucks, whether he's with the Patriots, how you got to cut, cut off the head of the snake. Tom yep. Brady's the snake. You get to him, you rattle his cage. He gets upset. He gets mad. He, da, 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 he complains, the refs, he complains, you know, da, da, da. whatever. I can't, I can't with him. Anyway, uh, I just, I, I'm, I'm on the Rams here. I think defensively, I think they get after him. And, uh, and, and I think the Rams, I think the Rams win. So I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to put a little money on the money line. All right. Other, other side of the ball real quick, just, is do you think that Stafford against a Tampa secondary that's struggled most of the year, him, Cooper Cup, OBJ has been a, a real contributor lately, especially on that Monday night game. Um, do you see him kind of having a repeat or at least a, a close to that, a good game against the Tampa secondary like he did at home versus kind of some of the mistakes that he's made in some of the more recent games? I think I think they're they're going to have to spread. You know, one one thing that I felt hurt the Philadelphia Eagles was uh, their formations and how they kind of and and granted it's the formation that they use because you know they're they become a, a running team now. Mm-hmm. But like the difference in that we're going to see from the Rams because let's be honest, um, Tampa Bay's often struggled. They went up they went up seventeen nothing, and if you recall, they were at seventeen nothing for a good what guys like seven eight minutes. How many how many offensive series did the Philadelphia Eagles have that they squandered? Um, that that Philadelphia Eagles defense was able to limit because they were able to get after Tom Brady, but offensively they couldn't do anything. I think that the the, the formation, the, the how spread out the Rams could be spreads out that offense, and Matthew Stafford could, uh, spreads out that defense, and Matthew Stafford can pick them apart with, of course you know, now we're seeing Odell Beckham Jr., how he's being utilized. Cooper Cup, nobody could cover him. Um, Higby, tied in. We don't mention him enough. Van yeah. Jefferson. I mean, there's just there's there's just, just a plethora of weapons for him to work with. But just like in the other game, as I said, it's going to come down to Debo Samuel and that rushing attack against the Green Bay Packers defense. In this game, you, you hit it, Julian, you hit it right on the head. Really what it's going to come down to, it's going to come down to Matthew Stafford and he can't turn the ball over. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about qual- amongst qualified quarterbacks, the quarterback that's been uh, under the least amount of pressure in the league has been Brady. 19.6% of his dropbacks 
Mm-hmm. The only times that he's been under pressure. If that changes this week, it's something that he hasn't dealt with all season long. And when he's been under pressure, he has one of the worst completion percentages in the league, under 45%. Yeah. It's bad. Exactly. It's really bad. So now you're talking about Aaron Donald, who just looked amazing in that game the other night against the Cardinals. You know, if they can get to Tom Brady, that's going to be the biggest difference. And that's, I think, the real key for the Rams in this one. And you, and you said it well, you know, all the weapons that the Rams have, that's what the Bucks had at the beginning of the year. They still have a great offense, but they're down a couple of key guys where the Rams are everywhere on the field. It doesn't matter who's running out there. Like, you know, when Van Jefferson is like the wide receiver four on this team, you got a damn good depth on that team right now. And that's going to be tough against a buck secondary that has just been so unbelievably bad. When Zach Wilson is going downfield against your secondary, something's wrong. Something needs to be fixed and they don't have the keys to fix that. So that's what worries me because in the past couple of weeks, and I've said this to Julian a couple of times in the past couple of weeks, when you're seeing the Panthers going downfield against this offense, excuse me, this defense and the jets going downfield against this defense, that's going to come back to bite them in the playoffs. This is not the team you want to have that issue again. So, you know, on paper, it looks like this could be a game for the Bucs. I think this could be one for the Rams. I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm, as the week's going on, I'm, I'm really liking the Rams more and more. Well, I don't – the more I look on paper, like, as I said, I have Bucks minus two and a half. There's a game I'd buy out of and, like, do it or need it, didn't take – take buy the hook and take Rams minus three and a half and just pray for this to land on Tampa minus three – this would be the game that I would I would buy out of because like you mentioned on paper, it points to Bucks. It sort of does, but it also points to pressure being on Brady and yep. Stafford being able to hit Cup and OBJ downfield. If those two things happen, I, Tampa's not going to win the game. So like, like I said, this one I'm I have a bet in, but we'll say that I'm undecided on if I'll be getting out of that. Um, all right, last one. We'll we'll wrap up the weekend with a rematch of a Sunday night football game at Arrowhead earlier in the year that the Bills kind of won and overtook all the odds to, to win the AFC. Yep. This one went down to one and a half on DraftKings Sportsbook earlier on Wednesday as we record this. Um, is It went to two. I'm now seeing two and a half back mm-hmm. there. Um, money line was as low as minus 125 for Kansas City, now minus 135. Um, people, like, people are liking – the bills i think there's a you know uh, a strong perception that the bills are the better team here and that's what the number tells you it's at arrowhead though so for for me uh, this is the the only patrick Mahomes has been an, a favorite of less than two and a half at arrowhead never so now it's back to two and a half so that stat doesn't apply if it gets back below two and a half this is the cheapest you'll ever get patrick mahomes at home um, and like I said, I thought that what the Bills did on Saturday night was more of a reflection of how absolutely dreadful the Patriots were than how good the Bills were. I'm not one to fade Mahomes and the Chiefs this cheap at home. I'm, I'm going to take it. I don't know if it's going to be money line or points or when exactly I'm going to do it, but it's going to be the Chiefs for me. Anita, you already said you got the Chiefs money line um, in a parlay. I assume you're leaning that way. I don't know what the points or the money line straight up. So, um, so I'm, I'm going to take Kansas city. You said it's up to, it, I'll play them, um, up to minus two and a half. It's at two and a half okay. right now. It's at two and a half now. Yeah. It's, so, I'll, so I'll play them at minus two and a half. And, and yeah, I have them as a money line parlay, uh, with the Tennessee Titans. You get that at plus plus one seventy. Um, I just, and, and full disclosure prior to the season starting my Super Bowl matchup was bills over ramps. Wow. So live. <laughs> Uh, yeah so i so so this is this is hard for me right because like i want my what and i have money on it and i have a lot of money on it and i would profit but you know you have you have to be true you have to be honest and you know josh allen in his last two games have been near perfect and i love the kid I, i think he's top you know top five quarterback in the nfl I just don't know if he could play that perfectly on the road in Kansas city against a Kansas city defense that um, Spagnolo, good friend of mine, maybe a little bias uh, ever since they traded for Melvin Ingram and they were able to move Chris Jones back into the interior of the line. Defense is much better. It's, it's so different. So uh, let's, I'm not sitting here. I'm not sitting here saying the Kansas city chiefs are going to blow them out. I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it'll come down to three points. 
Um, but I have to lean on the Kansas City side, especially since it's at, it's at Kansas City. And I just don't know if Josh Allen could play that great of football um, for a nut. Like he, he was near perfect. On top of that, this is a Bills team, guys. Let's 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 recall they have struggled to run the football all season long. They have found success as of late. But good point that you made. Is it they have found success or is it because yep. they've gone uh, gone up against teams that have not played well against, have not had a good rushing defense against them? You, you're going to have to be able to run the ball effectively against Kansas City in order to open things up in the passing game. And last but not least, you know, we really haven't seen um, the, the subtraction of Tredavious White in this defense because they really haven't gone up against really exceptional quarterbacks. The, the one game that I'm pinpointing is it was at week 14 went up against Tom Brady. They gave up 33 points in 488 total yards. This is Patrick Mahomes. This is a game where I think that Bill's defense, we're going to really see the loss of Tredavious White, especially with Patrick Mahomes in that passing game. So for those reasons, um, again, I would play Kansas City at minus two and a half, and I'm going to use them as a, a, a money line parlay. Let me ask you this real quick about the price as somebody that seems like you're not afraid to buy hooks and lay a little bit of juice. Um, any interest rather than just the minus two and a half is minus 110. But if you're getting like minus 130 or 135 money line, is there any interest in just going to the money line in a situation like that versus the Absolutely. Yeah. You're t the money line is minus 130. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like to spend anything more than minus 140. That, yeah. that, okay. that's my, that's my cut line. Um, for me to, to, to buy points. So yeah, money line at minus 130. Yeah, sure. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I, I like I like Kansas City in this spot. And we talked about how this team- This is, our, fir this is our first consensus game then. Yeah. Last one on the board. All right. <laughs> yeah, Mar 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 I don't know, Mar Mar that I don't, yeah, this might be a bad thing. Mar you, know, Mar we, 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 you know, we don't like to go with the public money. Right. Mm. <laughs> but you look at, you know, we, we talked about this before that, you know, Kansas City dating back to 2020 couldn't cover a spread at all. Started off that year this year as well. They started two and seven against the spread. Starting this week now, including the playoffs, they're nine and nine. They have been a cover machine through the second half of the season. And, you know, I think you're getting the Buffalo Bills now at their highest level because they just went out and destroyed the Patriots. And I said this to Julian earlier in the podcast, we should have saw this coming. When the Patriots were struggling against the Dolphins, we should have like, it's there. It's there because when the Patriots fall behind, that's where they can't catch up. What The Patriots are an excellent team when they're playing with the lead. Once they fall behind, and that's exactly what happened, basically after kickoff in that game against Buffalo, they just couldn't catch up. Now you're talking about a, a uh, Chiefs team who went down 7 nothing early to the Steelers. By the way, you could have gone at minus three and a half on the live line, Julian. Just reminding you. She, I won Steelers, seven first half. I won something. <laughs> I won a bet. The, uh, the, Chief, the Chiefs go down seven nothing and then literally score. Was it like three times within five, seven minutes? It was insane. Pa Patrick, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdowns in the shortest span on the clock of any quarterback ever. It was 11 minutes and change yep. from the end of the second quarter to the start of the third quarter that he threw five touchdowns in. Yep. It's, it was absolutely insane to watch that. But the, just to me, and, and you brought it up, and I, I was talking about this from months ago, that the loss of Tredavious White is going to be so huge for the Bills because yeah. he's literally one of the best corners in the league. But you look at that schedule for Buffalo really around the time that happened. I mean, it was the Saints. It was the Patriots in that game that didn't even matter. The Tampa Bay game where they got annihilated right mm -hmm. through the air. And then it was Carolina again, New England, Atlanta, the Jets. They didn't yeah. face anybody that's going to go against them. This is the exactly. game right here. This is a game where Tredavious White, it feels like, oh, no problem. They can win without them. Mm -mm. Here's, mm -hmm. that, here's that offense you've been worried about. It's right here. I like that point. That was, I, I don't know, I like half forgot about that. And it was yep. my own point when it happened. Now, <laughs> now, we're, now we're here and now it matters. Yep, it does. <laughs> Um, all right. Any, any final thoughts on the weekend, Anita, anything we didn't touch on that you want to get out there? I, I just, let's have a better weekend than this past one, please. Oh yes. I mean, I, yeah. mean, I don't know about you guys. I turned the TV off at the half in, in four of the six games. So, uh, 
you know, and, and, you know, this is a, a conversation I'm sure for a different show. And that is do the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Philadelphia Eagles really deserve uh, to be in the postseason. They didn't. So no. I understand what the NFL is trying to do, extending the schedule, you know, 18 weeks, 17 games, extending the playoffs, more playoff games, more exciting for us. But when you're compromising the content, when you're compromising the integrity of the game, um, I, I think I think it's 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 a negative hit on the league. And so I just uh, I was thoroughly disappointed uh, last week. You know, the, the best game was the 49ers Cowboys game. Second best game was Cincinnati Raiders. And it really didn't get good until the fourth quarter. Yeah. So um, I, I just I'm, I'm just I'm hoping for 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 and, and, and hopefully like, look, look at the lines. Right. Like, yep. That, you know, that's what I was going to say when 49ers, 49ers plus six is, is the, the largest spread. So if, if the line yep. has any indication, I, I hopefully we're in for a more entertaining weekend. The four lines combined um, when Kansas City was down at one and a half instead of two and a half. We'll see if it gets there again. The, the combination of the four spreads was the lowest number on divisional weekend in like 20 years, I think. So it tells us this should be a competitive one. And uh we'll get some of the entertainment that we lost last weekend back this weekend. Um, so hopefully, as you said, that, uh, that happens. Um, all right. That gets us through everything. We made it through all the games. We finally agreed on one at the very end. So that was nice day for us. Um, Anita Marks, you can find it on Twitter at Anita Marks. Uh, you'll see her on ESPN two during daily wager, six to 7 PM Eastern. Uh, you got your Friday night shows. That's 10 Eastern, right? Friday, Friday, 10 to midnight. It's called Weekend Wager. It's on 90.7 ESPN Radio in New York. Yes. There you go. Anything else? That's Plug it. away. Let's go. Let's, win, some, let's win that paper. Let's win that's that a, paper. Yes, let's, let's win some money. That's a, that's a very good thing to play. Guys, thank you um, so much for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. That was awesome. Um, thank you to Anita Marks. Thank you to Johnny Avello and one podcast from us this week. So this will be the last time you hear from us and we'll be back next week to recap Divisional Weekend. Um, and to look forward to the conference championship games. After this weekend, there will be three meaningful football games left of the season, and that will be that. Um, Steve, anything before we get out of here? Bye. Great. <laughs> All right. For Steve Buchanan on Twitter at SBCannon24, for Julian Edlow on Twitter at Julian Edlow, thank you for listening to the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. We will talk to you guys next week. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.